Hey, this is Tooth and Nail Boxing Podcast, Science to the Ears. Got some big news this week, Manny Pacquiao retired. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and a little bit about his uh, legendary career. Probably not going to see a career like that ever again. Um, uh, Fury Wilder is coming up pretty quick, finally. Um, and there's an undercard fight on that that's very interesting. We're going to get to. Um, Usa got a big win against Joshua uh, over last weekend. Um, and I got a fight of the week for you uh, to commemorate uh, Manny Pacquiao. This is Tooth and Nail. Hey, welcome to Tooth and Nail Boxing Podcast. Science for the ears. Um, like I had said before in the intro, Manny Pacquiao retired. Um, uh, I think it's good that he retired. I mean, he he's running for president uh, pretty quick, so uh, I think that's I think that's one of the big incentives of him wanting to retire uh, so that he can run for president and. Hopefully win, you know. Um, I don't know if he's going to win or not, but I, I have no idea. But um, I think that was kind of a big incentive for him. He, he really wants to run for president over in the Philippines. Um, <clears throat> and I think, you know, also, too, the, his physicality is just not, it's not the same. You know, I've talked to a lot of uh, sort of newer boxing fans out there who have caught on to the sport within the last you know four or five years I guess um and uh you know of course you know fans of Pacquiao and stuff and try to explain to them how different of a fighter Pacquiao used to be uh I mean he's still great you know don't get me wrong I mean he 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 uh he beat Keith Thurman for the title, you know, in his 40s. I mean, so, or 39, I think. I think he was, might have been 39. That, that's an amazing um, an amazing accomplishment, especially if you look at his career and the way that his fights would go. His fights were brutal, you know, especially um, in the early days. Um, they used to call him the executioner in the early days. Um, and... He just mowed down everyone. It was it was unbelievable. I've never seen I've never seen anything like that before. His, his like from pro, from probably like 2002, uh, 2000, eh, kind of 2001, but more like 2002 to about 2007, 2009. About 2009, it, it, it was just remarkable. It was so intense and violent. Um, I remember when Manny Pacquiao first came on the scene. I mean, he had a he had an early fight, you know, in uh, San Francisco, but no one knew who he was. Nobody knew who he was. Manny Pacquiao. Um, had been a, uh, the f- a flyweight world champion, so he's already a world champion, and uh, he won a trip or he got a trip. I don't know. I'm going to butcher the story, but he won a trip or something to L.A. 
I think he might have went to Disneyland, and you know, he he kind of went over, and he heard about this guy who had a gym on eleven twenty three Vine Street called Wild Card, and he walked in there one day, just him and Boo Boy, they just walked in there. And uh, Manny Pacquiao went up to Freddie Roach and he said, hey, I heard you're good on the mitts. And so, well, excuse me, let me backtrack. Before that, Manny Pacquiao walks in and they, he did, Manny Pacquiao does his workout, right? And he does mitts with Boo Boy and he does all this. He goes up to Mr. Roach and he says, I heard you're pretty good on the mitts. And Mr. Roach said, well, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm all right. And they did one round of mitts, and Manny Pacquiao walked over to Boo Boy and said, "He's uh, Mr. Roach is my coach from now on. And the rest is history. <laughs> uh, and literally from that day on, I mean, Manny Pacquiao didn't go back to the Philippines. He stayed and, and had a fight. And uh, I'm going to get to that fight later on in the program. Uh, but it was just, just went nuts after that. I mean, he was so, nobody had seen any, a, a fighter fight like that before. It was similar to like when everybody saw Mike Tyson, you know, because Mike Tyson really brought the athleticism to the heavyweight division. Um, I, I believe. Uh, because heavyweights didn't fight like that, you know? I mean, like, you know, in the early 70s, which a lot of people call the golden era of the heavyweight division, the guys guys were beating the hell out of each other. I had a, f a fight on the program a while ago, which was uh, Ron Lyle against George Foreman, and uh, that was a war, you know, and they had wars, you know? I mean, the uh, Gary Cooney... Uh, Ernie Shaver's fight, that, that was a war. Um, you know, so there, were, there was wars, you know, and there was really good, 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 good fights. Uh, Ali against Shavalo, all those, they were really good fights. But um, they fought like heavyweights. Mike Tyson came on the scene, and he, he fought like a lightweight. <laughs> You know, he fought like a, almost like a Roberto Duran kind of a style. Uh, and so no one had seen that before. And so when they saw it, it was like, oh, my God, it was almost shocking, you know, because no one had seen that before. And the same thing goes with Pacquiao is that when he came on the scene, because I, I remember when he came on the scene uh, like 2002, um, a lot of people didn't like him because it wasn't a very – I mean, he wanted to rip your head off in there, what you're supposed to do. But no one had seen anybody do it like that before. I mean, he was so... The only one I can describe his fighting style is violent. Extremely violent. Um, his footwork was crazy. Crazy. I still haven't seen footwork like that ever. I still haven't seen it. His timing was really weird. Um, that's how he'd get you. That's how he would uh, set set a trap for you, is with his timing. His timing was just bizarre. You you couldn't 
you couldn't mimic it and you couldn't uh, predict it. It was too, uh, uh, it, it would throw you off balance, basically. Uh, um, and so he fought Morales. The first Morales, the first Eric Morales fight. He fought Eric Morales and lost. After that fight, he went on a rip. He had all these knockouts in a row. I mean, almost every fight ended in a knockout. He was just a force to be reckoned with. And he's a little guy. He's like 5'6", uh, something like that, 5'7", I don't know. But holy hell. And he started out as a flyweight. And um, he would put rocks in his pocket to make weight in the Philippines. And uh, do yourself a favor and you can go back and look at those old fights of Pacquiao when he was a flyweight in the Philippines. This is before Roach, this is before anything. And you can see how just he's like, you know, he's 115 pounds soaking wet, you know. He doesn't weigh anything. Excuse me. And, uh, he, but the power that kid had was just unbelievable. You know, I, I talked to Mr. Roach uh, a while ago, and uh, I, I asked him about Pacquiao, which I'm sure everybody does, but I said, you know, what's that dude like in the gym? I mean, we all, you know, we see it on cameras and stuff, but, you know, it's different when you're there. And Mr. Roach said he's he's unbelievable. He said he has an insane amount of power for a little guy. He said doing the mitts with him, it feels like you're getting shot in the hand. He, he said it feels like gunshots. He said he hits so fucking hard. And it's fast, too. You know, I remember in, I think it was 2007, uh, Manny Pacquiao fought David Diaz. And David Diaz was a good fighter. Um, he was in the top ten. He was he was a good fighter, and he went in there and Manny Pacquiao knocked him out. I can't remember what round. I want to say the fifth or sixth round. I can't remember. But Jim Lampley, who was giving commentary for HBO at that time, gave a post-fight interview with David Diaz. Now, mostly, you know, you get in the ring and Larry Merchant or Max Kellerman would interview him. But they didn't do that for whatever reason. And so he talked to Jim Lampley. And uh, Jim Lampley gave a great interview. It's just, it's it's like 30 seconds. But Jim Lampley knew how good Pacquiao was because he had seen him. Uh, he commentated most of his fights. And so he wanted to know if David Diaz, what David Diaz thought after fighting Pacquiao. And David Diaz said, you know... You know, power, you know, I can handle power. You know, I've gotten hit pretty hard before. Usually I got pretty hard, hit, hit pretty hard before. But he said, but that dude's speed, man. He said, he's fucking fast. And the thing also that made Manny Pacquiao so quick was his timing. Because there's another fighter out there who's 
I think, probably faster than Pacquiao was than Gary Russell Jr., um, who's an amazing fighter. But with Gary Russell's speed, I don't want to say you can time it, but it's uh, not it's not sporadic. You know, it's not it's not sporadic, and that his timing isn't off or weird like Manny Pacquiao, and so Manny Pacquiao had this crazy speed, but then his timing was was what really got you because you couldn't predict when he would throw a punch or you or what punch he was going to throw, and so it almost made it quicker in a way. And David Diaz said, "Man, that fucker's fast, man. That fucker's fast." And uh, he said, he said, I, he said, I said, I watched film of him. I watched some tape, and I thought I could, I could handle his speed. You know, I've handled guys with speed. He said, dude, it's a different ball game when you're in there with Manny Pacquiao in the ring. He said, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You know, ask Ricky Hatton how fast Pacquiao is. Uh, Manny Pacquiao almost killed Hatton with one punch. He threw a he threw a, a left a overhand left from hell, and put uh, uh, Hatton down on the in the second round. Just smoked him. I mean, just fucked him up. You know. And the other thing about about Manny too is he's done just about everything you could do in the ring. I mean. There's not much that dude hasn't done. He he fought the best. He he's won eight titles in eight different divisions. Something you probably won't see for a long time, especially going from one twelve to one fifty four. That's insane. That's that's crazy. You know I you know take. Uh, Take Charlie Edwards, who who fights at 112, and put him up against uh, uh, Jamel Charlo. That it's crazy, you know. Manny Pacquiao did it. I mean, he didn't do it. You know, he didn't fight 54 as a as a flyweight. But going up like that is pretty remarkable in my mind. I I I mean, there's a lot of critics out there, you know, but. You're always going to have critics. Uh, I just think it's that in itself is unbelievable. He did that, and then he, you know, he had rematch. He had a lot of rematches, you know, between Barrera and Morales. I think he fought five times between two guys. He had three fights with Brad with uh, Bradley Timothy Bradley. I mean, he had a lot of rematches. To, you know, not not like a ton, but he had a, he had more rematches than a lot of guys do. I don't know too many fighters out there who have rematches anymore. That's kind of gone. You know, you don't see a lot of rematches. Manny Pacquiao had he had five, or excuse me, he had four against uh, Marquez. He had fucking four rematches against Marquez and went for a fifth. But Marquez turned it down. Uh, so that's just that's just remarkable. Uh, great, great ambassador to the sport of boxing. Uh, uh, very, 
kind of an old school type of thing, you know, going into a gym like Wildcard where anybody could go in, and he definitely made a name for himself in there. Uh, you won't find a harder worker than Manny Pacquiao. Uh, that dude, I, I I think that's one of the main one of the many reasons why Mr. Roach kept Pacquiao is because his work ethic is just in, was just insane. He used to run on Sundays because his opponent wasn't doing it. You know, that was in the early days. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, when you're shadow boxing in that ring at wild card or it, when I'm doing mitts with someone at that, in that ring with wild card, one of my fighters, it, uh, you just, you just feel it. You know, you just feel it. I guess it would be similar to, like, if you played a show at CBGB's, something of that nature, you know. Uh, you, you When you're, you know, it's it's one thing to, like, go at, at Wild Card and, like, you know, go in there and just kind of check it out and, you know, whatever. But to go in there and, like, wrap your hands and get in the ring and do your thing, it's... There's nothing like it. There's no, It's a drug. There's nothing like it. The energy in that gym is insane. It, if even if you're not in shape, you'll go hard just because of the adrenaline that you just, you know, uh, just because you're working out where you're working out. You know what I mean? So, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Pacquiao. He had one of the greatest careers ever. I have him. I think I have a, like number five on my list of all time, behind uh, Willie Pep. He's just—he's—he was a great fighter. He was a great, great fighter, and uh, I was so fortunate to be able to watch him, especially like in his heyday. You know, I was—I was front and center, so I feel very lucky to have experienced that. Um, so good luck. Uh, Mr. Pacquiao. <laughs> um, moving on, we got uh, we got next weekend, not this weekend, but the ne- the weekend after, not this weekend, but the weekend next. We got uh, fight for the heavyweight uh, championship of the world. Uh, Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder in Las Vegas. Um, now the fight is still going on <laughs> as far as I know but fuck who knows you know um, but hopefully that fight happens because there's an undercard fight on that fight that is maybe even better than the main event I don't know uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking uh, Fury but Hey, this is boxing. You never know. I'm definitely not right on those things. Uh, but uh, I think Deontay will be... <sighs> Shit, I don't know. I, I think he'll be ready. I think. Um, I think... I don't know. I think both guys want to jump on each other to tell you the truth. I don't know, uh, but Deontay has posted videos and all this other kind of stuff about how he's boxing, he's working on his boxing, you know, uh, sticking the jab out there, setting up the right hand, 
throwing hooks at, at a distance, you know, keeping Fury at a distance, you know. Uh, but the problem is that Fury has a reach too. Um, so Deontay's going to have to use his legs. Um, he better not wear a fucking costume to the ring this time. Uh, or make up any more excuses than that dude has. He's made up. He's made up more excuses than a 16-year-old prom queen. Unbelievable. You know, it's a bunch of bullshit as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I think Fury's gonna jump on his ass right away, take him out. You know, because Wilder threw a big monkey wrench into the spoke. You know, because now the Joshua fights off. You know, that's uh, Tyson Fury lost seventy million dollars over that. Deontay Wilder saying, I get a rematch. Fury lost $70 million. I'd be fucking pissed if that happened to me. So I think uh, Fury's going to want to go in there and just wreck havoc. Take all his frustration, all his angst, all his emotion out on somebody else. Um, you know, so... I'm excited about it. It's going to be on pay-per-view, a Fox pay-per-view, I believe. So there there could be an undercard on uh, Fox, on normal Fox uh, uh, program. Uh, but speaking of the undercard, there is a fantastic undercard fight for the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder uh, heavyweight championship. It is against Frank Sanchez... And Frank Sanchez, he's from Cuba, great fighter. He's out of uh, Ada Reynoso's camp, Canelo and all those guys. The dude is, the dude's good, man. He's 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 really good. Um, he's super dangerous. He has a punch. I know, you know, most heavyweights have a punch, but this guy has, this guy, he's a little quick with his punch. He, he, he's, he's the real deal. Uh, and he's fighting a guy out of uh, Nigeria who is, he's a badass, man. He's a badass. His name is Ajib, or Aji, uh, Ajaba. He's out of Nigeria, Ajaba. He's really good. He's really good. That dude, that dude can fight. He could fight. He's big. He's 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 tall. I think he's like six three, six four, something like that. He has a punch from hell. Do yourself a favor and go watch the uh, Ajabib or Ajabab, excuse me, Ajabab against Brian Howard. He hit Brian Howard so hard, it sounded like a gunshot. He hit him. I mean, but oh my God, he should have been arrested for attempted murder. Uh, Ajabib, man. Ajabib is, uh, or Ajabab, excuse me. Ajabab, that dude is a badass. His footwork is amazing. He has wonderful footwork. Uh, great jab. Hard, it punches like hell. Um, the only thing is his defense isn't quite there. Uh, and I'm not quite sure because I haven't seen Frank Sanchez fight in a little while 
uh, I'm not sure exactly, because Frank Sanchez's defense was kind of, wasn't the best. Um, but he's in it with Ada Reynoso, so they could have fixed that, you know, easily. Um, you know, because I, I, I think Frank Sanchez is a, is a willing pupil, you know. Uh, so um, if he listens to Ada Reynoso, I, Ada Reynoso could put together a game plan and a, and a, a, a defensive game plan as well for that fight but uh, it's a good night it's a, it's a, it's a good night uh for fights that's that's one of the fights on the undercard of course there's more i think um Gowalski is fighting on the undercard i i i have to double check that um and i'm sure there's other ones i there's only two fights that are on that i've seen i'm sure there's many more that i um haven't heard about but those fights might those fights could be on uh regular fox programming but i know the frank sanchez uh ajabab fight will probably be on pay-per-view um along of course with the main event with uh tyson fury and uh deontay wilder this is a this is a big fight for tyson fury deontay wilder is in a unique position for this uh contest because He's a. I don't want to say he's in a no lose situation, but if he loses, uh, I, I don't. I it's gonna hurt him, but I don't know if it's gonna kill him. You know what I mean? Whereas if Fury loses, it's a little bit bigger, uh, um, consequence. I think. But then again, if if Fury hypothetically, if Fury lost this fight, uh, you know Deontay Wilder. I don't think Deontay Wilder fights Usyk. I don't think that hap. I don't think that fight ever happens. Deontay Wilder's never going to do it. He'll never do that. He'll never look what look what Deontay Wilder did to Dillian White. I mean, Dillian White. Dillian White's been calling Deontay Wilder out since like 2016. You know, five years he's been calling out Deontay or uh, Dillian White was ranked number one by the WBC for two years, and and Deontay Wilder still didn't fight him. So when you got a guy like Usyk, who's as good as you know as Usyk is, there's no way Deontay's fighting that guy. It's not gonna happen. De- if if Deontay won the the title next weekend, not this weekend, but the next weekend, uh, he's gonna do the same thing that he did before. He's gonna fight uh, couch potatoes and bums and get knockouts, and people are gonna go, "Oh my God, he's such a good fighter. He has all this power." Blah fucking blah. I don't know if that's gonna happen. I think Fury's gonna take him out. Uh, I think I think I think Fury is going to put Deontay Wilder on his back um, during that that fight, real quick, real quick. Uh, Fury's going out there with guns loaded, you know. Um, but I can't wait for it to happen. Like I said before, man, we've needed a a a big fight. Um, a lot of these fights have been canceled because of COVID, which I have talked on the program in previous episodes. Um, so, 
you know, I hope that fight goes down. I mean, I it, it's supposed to happen. I'm not saying anything, you know what I'm saying? Like, excuse me, I'm not saying anything. It's all cool. It's all good. But I just, fingers crossed, you know, um, that that fight in that whole card takes place. And then we had a... We had a uh, another big fight last weekend against uh, Anthony Joshua and Oslander Uzik. Uh, big win for Oslander Uzik. Um, uh, during that fight, it just really propelled Usyk into the uh, elite heavyweights. Now, I guess you could say. And you know, it kind of goes. You know, when I was watching the fight, Usyk had a brilliant performance in that fight. Um. And, you know, I was talking about his other fights previously, about how he didn't do good and didn't, you know, this and that and this and that and this and that. And I'm going to eat my words here, but um, I, I, I criticized him a little bit just because it was so consistent. But I'll go back to what I had said before, is that you can't judge a guy from his previous fights. Um, you know, because you look back on Usyk's performance against Witherspoon or Chisora and you just go what the fuck like really um but the performance he had against Joshua was just perfect and the other thing about it too is that Joshua had the Joshua had the wrong game plan he tried to box Usyk which you can't do and I think there was a few reasons, but Usyk was really messing with Joshua in that whole fight. He was Usyk's timing in that fight was so sporadic. Um, he, Joshua didn't know when uh, Usyk was on the offensive or the defensive. He he couldn't tell. Usyk's footwork was was messing up Joshua as well, and. You know, when Joshua thought, okay, he's gonna, he's about to reset, Usyk would hit him. And that just, Joshua just couldn't do it. And, uh, uh, he, he tried to box Usyk, and Usyk is one of the best boxers out there. So, uh, that's the wrong game plan as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, now Usyk, man, Usyk has a, a great um great career ahead of him he uh there's a lot of guys out there uh there's a lot of guys out there I'd love to see any one of them fight Usyk um you know uh I just I hey man I I said before I say it again heavyweight division is the shit right now it's awesome everybody's vulnerable it's so it's it's great, you know. Um, so, uh, and the thing about Usyk too is he'll fight anybody, you know. So, uh, hopefully they can get you know something something lined up. I know Dillian White has a fight coming up uh, in a while, um, you know. So next spring, see what see what Usyk does and and, and see who he fights. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but yeah, so that's 
kind of the program this week, a little bit of a shorter shorter program this week. Uh, uh, I was going to talk about Tiafimo. I talk about that motherfucker every fucking program. His fight with Cam- with uh, Cambros might be off again. Fucking A, man. God damn. Ugh, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> that's a different program. I don't want to get into that. Uh, uh, but mostly the news this week is about Pacquiao. And uh wish him a lot of luck. I know he'll do great in whatever he he uh tries to accomplish. Um uh so the fight of the week this week is uh it's an old one, like always. Um and it's a Manny Pacquiao fight to, you know, because he's retiring and everything. Uh Manny Pacquiao against La Buaba. This was what I had talked about earlier on the program about uh the 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 fight that uh, sort of put Manny on the map, you could say. This was his first fight in um, the states. It was at the Cow Palace in San Francisco, um, June twenty third, two thousand one. Uh, and La Boba at that time, I think this was the Superfly or Junior Junior Bantam. I can't remember. Um, La Baba at the time, La Baba was a badass. I think he was a top ten guy. He was, he was dangerous and he was super awkward, super awkward and real tough to fight. He he could wrestle with you. He he was dirty. He was super strong, um, and he could box. So he was real real awkward to fight. And Manny Pacquiao took that fight on two weeks' notice. On two weeks' notice, and Mr. Roach, I think the odds in that fight were, it was something crazy. It was like twenty-five to one for La Boba. and Mr. Roach tried to go put a bet on the fight, and uh, they wouldn't let him because the odds were too uh, big, and everybody said, "Be crazy! It's gonna get killed against La Boba. Uh La Boba was was a you know, good fighter at the time. And Ro- Mr. Roach said, you don't understand. You don't understand what, what this kid is like. He's going to kill Ababa. You watch. And Manny Pacquiao went in there and just tore Ababa a new one. I mean, he he ripped through him like a tornado. It was unbelievable. And everybody, everybody ringside had their jaws on the floor. Because... He beat he beat Lababa the way he did, you know. Uh, and Lababa, like I said, was making a lot of noise at that time. And after that fight, it just it was there was that fight, and then he had a, he had a few more after that, and then after that Morales win, it it was over. And then he had the Morales win, but then the the big. I think probably the biggest win of of, of uh, Manny uh, Manny Pacquiao's career was probably against De La Hoya because that that was a huge that man that was a massive fight it was huge it was a big one and uh, De La Hoya he was training with Nacho Berestein the great Nacho Berestein 
I think he he even brought um, Angelo Dundee in the mix for that fight. I, I, I have no idea why, but um, you know, De La Hoya was a much bigger guy than uh, Manny Pacquiao, and um, uh, uh, everybody thought he was gonna beat Manny Pacquiao up and. When Manny Pacquiao beat him, it was it was just over. He was a mega star, but this fight was the first one in the, that he had in the states. His first ever fight in the states, and he came with a force. He he showed up. He showed up for sure. He showed up, and uh, he put everybody on notice. You know, and especially at that time. This is two thousand one. At that time, too, you know, from about 2001, I'm, well, most of the 2000s were kind of shitty for boxing, but uh, from about 2001 to 2005, I mean, it was, there wasn't a lot of guys out there. You had some good fights, you know, you had uh, uh, Arturo Gotti, Wilson Rodriguez fight, that was a good one, uh, of course, Ward Gotti. Uh, uh, James Tony Giroff, you know, you had you had some good fights, but they were sporadic. It wasn't like you had a guy in every division. That just was unheard of back then, in the early, especially the early two thousands. You only had a couple of divisions that were uh, intriguing, you know, and uh, um, and only a couple of fighters that really people really paid attention to, um, but. Man, I'm telling you, when Manny Pacquiao took off, he really took off, and this was the first one to do, that he did it, um, June 23rd, 2001, at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. Great fight. Um, and then I got a song of the week for you. This, so this is going to be it for the program. Like I said, short program this week, but I know I play a lot of hardcore on this on this program. Uh, I'm going to switch it up this week. Um. Uh, this is a song from the Wu-Tang Clan called uh, Protect Your Neck Motherfucker <laughs> Protect Your Neck off the album of course uh, 36 Chambers um, so anyway that's going to do it for me here at uh, the podcast uh, until next week this is Joe Geslin saying fight hard and fight tough hey there's just wanted to uh, give you a quick update on the song. I apparently cannot play uh, anything off the 36 Chambers from Wu Tang Clan. So uh, the song this week will be by Ghostface Killer uh, off his album, The 12 Reasons to Die. The song is called Blood on the Cobblestones. I'll check you out next week. This is Tooth and Nail.